Welcome to the Ice Coffee Hour. I'm Jason Oppenheim. And so far, this podcast has made $1.8 million. <laughs> oh, wow. Is that you too were, much? You way off. Jeez, I wish. All right, fine. Gosh. I could maybe get in some revenue cut with that. <laughs> You're the highest guest so far. People have ranged anywhere from like Well, you know, I know what you do $1. on your other shit. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so I'll tell you fine, the total. $180,000. Okay, that, that's, oh, that, that's more realistic. All right. So the lifetime revenue of this, $146,000. Pretty right, close. close is it worth your time, Graham? Yes. Right. Because we have sponsors. So <laughs> this right. is just the ad revenue. You, the get sponsors, free, I, you do this for free iced coffee? Well, I, I have my own iced coffee now, Bankroll Coffee. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that. yeah. I got to give you some coffee. All right. You I could actually know. put it in the office. I should be, shouldn't be drinking this Earth Cafe then. Sorry, oh, that, that dirt. That nasty stuff. <laughs> you have <laughs> oat milk? Then I'll do it. We do, actually. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate this. Oh, my pleasure, man. I think it's come full circle because I've been with the Oppenheim Group since 2015 when you first opened up the office in West Hollywood. Had no idea that anything would happen with this show. That was never the intention. It was just pure real estate. What show? Selling Sunset. Oh, that's right. We got to introduce that. So, uh, yeah, I think a few years ago we would have introed this entirely differently. But uh, now you get this, this hit show on Netflix. Five seasons, right? Yeah, season five comes out in a couple months. Wow. I got to say, so admittedly, I do know what show. Just doing it for the audience. Um, My girlfriend is a fan of the show. So definitely familiar with it. But I heard that it was such a hit show that now there's a spinoff. Is that true? Yeah, Selling the OC about my Newport Beach office. We just started filming a couple weeks ago. I know. And hopefully a Vegas show. Because I think I'm going to open up a Vegas office soon. Yeah, if we could talk, about, I've been so excited about that. You don't, you don't know about this, actually. No, I, I didn't know about this. I've been good. I have not. Well, I haven't this. signed I, the I, lease I, yet, so I can't say where. But um, should we, should we wait to talk well, about you know the lease? No, I don't care. Okay, um, I'll probably send it in the next week or so. I've been really looking forward to it. I have not told a single person this entire time, which is hard for me to keep a secret like this. But I've been so excited to be able to go back into the office. And yeah. get my real estate license. So I'm going to do that this year. Wait, what? Yeah. 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 We're going to get Graham out of YouTube back to real estate. <laughs> I so, think we, so when I buy a house, yeah. you're going to... I could represent. You're going to rep me. Yeah. And you're going to give me or I the whole commission, it. right? <laughs> Don't get carried away. <sighs> Sorry. I, away, I, pushed I, gotta, I still got to get my commission. <laughs> but yeah, the show is such a success. But tell us from the very beginning how you got involved in real estate because you were a lawyer before got into real estate you were working uh as an assistant right for the first two no, years no I, I worked as a real estate agent yeah. for Joyce Ray's office yeah um and yeah I I was a lawyer for many years I, I enjoyed it ish you know I mean as much as I think you can at a major law firm mm. uh, but I'd always loved real estate so after traveling for a while after I left law I came back to real estate um yeah a tough couple first years you know like making 50 grand a year you know not much for Los Angeles. Uh, and then, you know, things, and I worked with Stacy and Joyce, and who you know, and mm-hmm. and then I worked across the hall from you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we were both, yeah. Graham was hustling leases and I was hustling everything I could yeah. too. So, you know, it was a, it was a fun, but you know, not exactly glamorous first yeah. couple of years. You were telling me too, that you left law and I, I think you had seen a survey or something that said it was the most unhappy career or something like that. Right. Yeah. And then a real estate agent was, was, was ranked the number as the, one, the happiest career. Yeah. So, so went I went from, from like the, the least, least happy to the most yeah. happy, which is, I mean, I wouldn't say that I was miserable as a lawyer. I think most lawyers are, I, I think I, I was okay. I was on a great case. I had great uh, colleagues, but 
I mean, I'm so much happier now. So just to get the timeline right, you were working. So after you stopped being a lawyer, you went into real estate. You're working across the hall from Graham. And then after that, is that when you decided to start the Oppenheim Group? Yeah, it took, I think I was there maybe like three and a half years uh, at Coldwell Banker. And then I decided to start the Oppenheim Group. And what did you, because I'm assuming you brought Graham along with you. Uh, at some point. Yeah, I group. think you were my first hire, yeah. right? And yeah. so what did you see in Graham at that time working with him in Coldwell Banker, Coldwell Banker that gave you the idea, you know, this kid working leases, why should I bring him on with me? Like, what did you see in him? Well, first of all, Graham and I were friends just from working so close together. And two, he was just like a, a hustler for sure. I mean, he really, really put in the hours. And, you know, right. you can just tell when someone's got that energy and that ambition and motivation. And Graham had that. And it was just, you know, we just got along. So it was like, it was an obvious first hire for me. Yeah. I remember you in, in the office, Jason. So Jason got this little, it was basically a closet. It was, it was, it was actually. Well, before was, that yeah. I was in Stacy's office yeah. and with like a little desk in the corner. Right. Then I ended up getting my own little closet right next yeah. to you. Yeah. Right. Closet, and and yeah. that's where we started interacting. It, it yeah, was a closet. True. Like I guarantee your closet is bigger than Jason's office was at the time. Yeah. It was smaller and, than, than this. Oh yeah. Way smaller. Yeah. It's like half the you size. Know, of I right. also yeah. started in the closet. Uh, actually, the laundry room. The laundry room. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we needed a space for Alex to edit videos, and we're like, "What's the one room we don't use at all?" And the, the laundry room. So, and it was big. Laundry room was actually probably the size of your office. So you so and I probably started in the same yeah, spot. Cause, yeah, because Jack was in here, and but now that he has his own place, you know, I can no, work right there, and there. you know, so it works out. But yeah, yeah, definitely. But you decked out that office. I mean, relatively. I put like hardwood ceil- hardwood uh, flooring on the ceiling and the floor. It <laughs> yeah. ended up backfiring because it was like, it was so noisy in there because it was like this little box. Yeah. And when I would talk, it would ricochet. All- so and it wasn't such a great idea, but. No, it was a terrible idea because everyone could hear you on the phone, usually yelling. Yeah. <laughs> and you would be on, on hold with customer service. And you would have, the, he, would, he would have these outbursts. You wouldn't hear him at all. And he would leave his door open. And he would say, you will not put me on hold. Do not put me on hold. And he gets put on hold. Oh, I would have. I had an attitude back Who then. Who were you on the phone with sure. back then? I don't even oh, know. I mean, I, was, I didn't have an assistant back yeah. then. So I was in all the little myself and i get annoyed easily yeah so but i remember because i was working with this those other were clients agent. Yeah. probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> do not put me on hold. but this <laughs> other agent uh, his name was vigeli would have to go over and shut the door because he was on the phone he'd just walk over close yeah. it because it was so loud with the with the hardwood ceilings and literally our, yeah. our office was like three three feet from each other so yeah. yeah so so you did the two years there and how much did you make this two years total over the two years like 100 grand <clears throat> yeah so like 50 grand a year i mean that was a rough couple years because i was used to making you know six figures as a lawyer um so, it was oh, so e- you took a pay cut as a oh like, huge yeah. wow because i mean i was i think the law was paying you know two to three hundred when i left probably three hundred by the time i left and then when i started back i was you know living in a i mean i was living in a one-bedroom apartment with my buddy alex swapping back between the couch and the bed because you know like one month on the couch one month in the bed mm-hmm. so it was not by any means glamorous driving my my grandfather's like Seven hundred dollar. I think I paid seven hundred dollars for it, and I think I sold it for six hundred. So it didn't depreciate. Okay, much. that's good. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't. You know, I wasn't on the high life like I was as a lawyer. But I was happy because you know I had no expectations. I didn't have any real responsibilities. Uh, so you know, it was fun. And I, yeah. you know, I, I was t- I was playing the long game, which anyone should getting into real estate. You yeah. shouldn't focus on your first few years. What were your savings like when you left? Did you have like I had about a hundred and ten thousand dollars saved up okay. when I left. And then I traveled the world for three years, spent all of it, plus another 40 grand on credit cards. <laughs> no. 
So I was, yeah, I was hurting financially when I came back. No, See, no if, job. Yeah. And, and I don't even, I, we, I think my dad had to wire money into my bank account so I could get a, an apartment at $1,400 a month with my friend. Then I'd give it back to him after, after we got the apartment because I had no job and no money. So they, I your, couldn't even get an apartment. What did your parents think of you leaving? Oh, they were supportive. Really? Yeah, they've, okay. ne- they've, they've always been supportive. of. Uh, I mean, my friends thought I was stupid, mostly, but my uh, parents were super supportive. Okay. And then after your two years in real estate, what made you want to open up the opera? Well, I, I, think, Why not, was, yeah. I think I had a, my third, third year, I was, I was getting more successful okay. well, you know, at, at, at Joyce's office. And then, no, and actually, I think I spent four years with Joyce. My third year was a little more successful. My fourth year was pretty damn successful. And that's when I thought, you know, I've always just wanted to work for myself. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I was super nervous about going on my own. I thought I was going to lose at least 50% of my business. You know, the big brokerages always tell yeah. you it's all about the brokerage and you got to like, you know, stay with them and they're going to get your ass handed to you if you go on your own. Yeah. And, but back then there were, weren't that many boutique brokerages. I, you know, I think the agency had come out, but it wasn't like this free for all like it is now with all these different brokerages. Uh, and I just worked out of my, my house. You know, I had this small house. I had a second bedroom. I just worked out of the second bedroom. Uh, hired an assistant. I mean, things were pretty slow the first year. Decided to get an office, you know, which is the, the, the current yeah. office. And then you, st- yeah, then you started working But you were doing together. well up until the point where you got an office. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I had done like 300 my, my third year and 700 my fourth year. And that's, that's a lot wow. of money to make four years in real estate. Yeah. Grand. yeah, I was yeah. doing pretty well the third and fourth yeah. year. And that's when I decided to, to go on my own. Yeah. How'd you do that well? Most people are in real estate for just, 20 years and they're never making 700 grand. Yeah, I was, I mean, yeah. you remember. I mean, I was yeah. just working. I was grinding back then. I was working 10, 15-hour days. I loved it. I was super ambitious. I, And I was scared, you know what I mean? Like I had left a, a successful career and I wanted to be successful again. So I just had every motivation. I was just hustling. Oh, my God, I was hustling. I wish yeah. I still had all that hustle. <laughs> but before we go to that, I want to thank our sponsor, Storyblocks. Graham, I don't have time to record this right now. I have so much editing to do. Are you using Storyblocks? No, why? Uh, trust me. Once you use Storyblocks, you're going to have all the time in the world to get back to work. Storyblocks is a subscription service that gives you instant access to millions of high-quality, royalty-free HD and 4K footage, templates, images, sound effects, you name it. Yeah, finding the right piece of B-roll is crucial, and finding something like this really cute kitten would have taken me hours before, but with Storyblocks, saved me the time, and it was right there. I can't tell you how many hours I've spent looking for the right images or sound effects to use on my edits, but with Storyblocks, it saves me so much time. Oh, Bailey's chewing on the wire. Whether you're part of a large media company or just trying to jumpstart your creative vision, Storyblocks is right for you. And with their flexible and scalable subscription plans, you can start creating content with the tools that you need without having to worry about the budget. Take it from us. We've been using Storyblocks now for well over a year, and when they reached out, we were really happy to have them as a sponsor. Creative burnout is a real thing, and creative inspiration doesn't have to be so taxing. And you know I hate taxes. So learn more about how you can take your editing to the next level by visiting storyblocks.com slash ICH. That's storyblocks.com slash ICH. Thank you so much for sponsoring this. Uh, oh, get it right, Alex. Thank you so much, Storyblocks. And back to the pod. No, I'm supposed to say back to the podcast. That's Jack's thing. All right. Back to the podcast. Do you find that that goes away after a certain age? Or like, is it a dollar amount or is it an age where you start to want to like not work so hard? You know, I think... I think I, I work much smarter now. You know, I, I delegate a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, 
I wasn't comfortable spending any money on an assistant. Now I delegate a, a lot. So I'm a much smarter worker. You know, I, I focus on the more high level things. But back then, and I think that's where you learn. I was just doing every little thing myself. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I, and I was, I still am, but just overly meticulous and, and OCD about everything. Mm -hmm. Everything had to be perfect. Yeah. So yeah, I would reread. I, I, didn't I didn't probably have a single spelling mistake in a single email for like the first four <laughs> years of my career, maybe five. Now, I mean, you'll be lucky if I capitalize anything. Wow. Yeah. I kind of yeah. see a little bit of, of parallels between oh, yeah. the work ethic between you two. And I could see why you guys got along and why you hired Graham. Yeah, we were super similar. You know, I mean, you, yeah. you are still grinding your stuff too, but we were probably the two hardest workers in the office, I would yeah. say. Yeah, I would always stay in the latest. I would, you, and usually for, for those first few years, I wouldn't leave until usually like 1 a.m. I loved, I loved working late. That was my thing. Yeah. It was just, it was so yeah, oftentimes peaceful. Oftentimes it would just after, be like, the two of yeah, us in the office. Yeah. But like after 9 p.m., it was just something about it where there's no one else there. There's no traffic in front of the, in front of the office and it's just peaceful. And like you could get anything done and there's not a rush. I really like that. And I also like in real estate that you can work 15 hours a day. I mean, yeah. there's always, I mean, the first couple of years, I didn't have much going on. I, I didn't have any, I don't think I did a deal for the, almost the first year. Mm. I think my, I started in January of 2010. I think my first deal was October of 2010. Mm. So, I mean, you know, 10 months of studying street maps. And I remember I would print out every single contract uh, there was and just read it and highlight it and memorize every single contract. So if a, client ever asked me a question i had the answer yeah I mean, it was very tedious menial right. you know and then going to every open house and broker open trying to trying to learn about you know what a house is worth and you know finishes fixtures i mean the whole thing there's yeah. so much to learn that's why i love real estate what was the most challenging part of that was it the contracts or was it the no no that stuff or, was yeah. always super, i was getting clients i mean for me i as an attorney and just someone whose whose mind you know enjoys uh contracts and negotiations i love all the detail so for me, it was it was the clients that was the, probably the hardest thing. Hmm. And did you ever set any goals when you first started your own business? Like, oh, I know I'm successful when I hit oh, yeah. X dollar. <laughs> oh, I remember. It's funny because I'm when I was in Vegas with the with the guy who I set my goal with, and we wanted to make ten thousand dollars a month. That was our ultimate goal. Was if we could, we figured if we could be making ten thousand dollars a month, then we're living the high life, and you know we could do whatever we want. Which is amusing because I mean, <laughs> the more you make, the more you know you need, and the more you yeah. get tied down. And my costs right now are insane, um, but that was the goal. The goal was ten thousand dollars a month. Yeah. So when you made that seven hundred thousand dollars a year, four years in, did you save that? Were you investing it, or what were you doing with that money? Well, I was saving to buy a ha my first house. Okay. So I think in two th yeah in two thousand thirteen, I bought my first house for like one point three million yeah. in London Day. Still have it. That was an incredible buy, by the way. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it was good it's, it's Essentially, it's a triplex, basically. Well, then I uh, spent like yeah. $1.2 oh, remodeling yeah, sure. it. So I'm yeah. really into it, like two five. But yeah, that thing was awesome. Well, what's it worth now? Probably four, I'd say. And so oh, I'm into okay. it like... Wow. Uh, I'm into I it would like expect more than that. No, I think just really? four. Yeah, because okay. it's like 3,000 square feet total. And maybe it's worth like four. Two. Uh, who okay, cares? Sure. I'm never selling yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I have a 30-year loan on that thing. I'm right. just never selling it. Yeah. It's and like my little do you, baby. Do you currently live there or no? No, I rent it out. Oh, okay. okay. So, yeah, so you're saving up to buy that, that property. And then when did you decide to open up the office that was like almost right across the street from that? Yeah, it's, so yeah. the office was about 100 feet, 200 feet from, from my house. Um, early, I think I, 
late 2014, mm-hmm. I signed the lease, and I think I opened like January 2015. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you do the math on that to make sure you weren't going to lose money? Oh, because going from nothing I to $10,000 a month, it was... Oh, I don't do the math yeah. on yeah. business decisions, which has served me well, but I wouldn't recommend it to, you know, to anyone. But I always just do what I think is going to be fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. And I always just like have this belief it's going to work out. Same with Vegas. Mm-hmm. This Vegas office, I'm planning on spending like $1.5 to build it out. And you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in rent. And it, it makes zero business sense what i'm doing mm-hmm. zero um but you know every other business decision has worked out i've just done it the way i want to do it and just believe that that it'll work out yeah so when doing the oppenheim group how did you pick the first few agents who were in the office friends yeah just chose my friends yeah i mean for me what's important is and i've always gone about it this way which is why we still have you know the same 15 people at the mm-hmm. oppenheim group um i've just always wanted to enjoy what i'm doing and be happy you know, and I don't want, uh, I'm very particular about people. Mm-hmm. So I just want people that I enjoy working with, you know, enjoy going to lunch with, whatever. I like that environment. So it's not worth it for me to be hiring people that I don't, I don't see myself yeah. like becoming a good friend with. Sure. Have you had any experiences where you've hired someone though, and it turned out to be different than what you expected? It didn't work out. A couple you've times. I've let, let, I've let a couple yeah. people go um, just because I just, you know, I didn't get the, the feeling that I wanted. Okay. Yeah. And how are you finding people now? People reach out every day. I mean, we're not really expanding. I mean, in Vegas, I'll have to hire a bunch of people. Uh, Orange County, um, I you know, I didn't really reach out to people. That people reached out to me, and I just selected those people I thought yeah. I would like. So why Vegas? I know you say because you have a feeling, but there's got to be a more strategic reason. Of well, like okay, one, yeah. it's it's because well, there's here. a few reasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you'll be my first hire I, for a second time. You'll be that my would first be great. Hire. I want to be can, I can get back my little boss. Oh, yeah. So I took, yeah. So that was from the Oppenheim group. Uh, I forget what it was. The LA you, office. Yeah, you, you were moving no, these, this. These or what was it? carrying iPads yeah. in the window with our listing, with our little, you know, photos of our yep. listings. Why'd you move them out? I forget, I forget what the reason no, was. No, you took them. <laughs> was yeah, that you it? just took them, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> just I one morning they were there. Anyway. No, you know, we, do, we moved yeah. them out to put a TV in the window. Oh, that was yeah. it. Yeah. And you, you say, then you took them. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'll get them back from the <laughs> office. Cool. Those are yours. Those are yours. But uh, so why Vegas, though? Is so, there... okay, one, it's close. Yeah. So I can be here. I can be here door to door two hours. Um, two, the real estate market in Vegas, the luxury market is, is going very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're seeing uh, exponential growth. Uh, three, there's a tremendous confluence from Los Angeles to Las Vegas because a ton of people from California are moving to Las Vegas. Uh, so it's a kind of a natural uh, progression mm-hmm. for me. Um, it's West Coast, you know, so kind of building the brand slowly on the on this side of the of the country, and also uh, I like Vegas. You know, I like coming out here. There's great restaurants. I can stay at the Encore and stuff, mm-hmm. so it's nice. Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons. And, and then my friends are out here. And then Alex and Alice and Matt will help me build out the office. It's so close. Uh, I found an insane spot, so I'm really happy with that. That's cool. Yeah. Are you worried about the real estate market? going down i think a lot of people are concerned about housing values yeah, being a little might, inflated but, yeah but the real estate brokerage model doesn't really care so much about prices as much as it does about volume mm-hmm. so i think we're going to still see a lot of volume i still th- think we'll see a lot of uh, purchases and sales i think there's a lot of le- of luxury land coming on the market and a lot of luxury building uh, now unfortunately a lot of it's like toll brothers and things like that they don't have agents um, but I think the market in Vegas is poised for, you know, some some very good years ahead of it. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Vinovest. Wait a second. I don't know how to invest. Graham, quit whining. Wine. 
That's it. What's it? Wine. We say this all the time, but one of the best ways to build your wealth is diversifying your assets. And since wine has a very low correlation to the stock market, it's perfect. In the first quarter of 2020, the Dow and the S&P dropped a whole 22%. And where did that leave wine? up 1.1%. And Vinovest is the best and easiest place to invest in wine. They inspect every bottle for authenticity, store them in a climate-controlled room, and monitor them 24-7. So what costs more, a new bottle of wine or an old one? An old one, man. It's simple economics. Don't patronize me. And since every wine is made with a limited supply, as bottles are consumed, it makes it more scarce and therefore more valuable. With Vinovest being so easy to use, there's no reason not to invest and combat inflation. So guys, check out VinoVest using the link in the description down below today. Again, guys, that's VinoVest. The link is down below in the description and start diversifying your assets today. And with that said, Jack does it better. Uh, back to the podcast. Let's get back to the podcast. Do you think it's possible for it? Because in LA, we don't have like a Toll Brothers builder. It's not like they could buy big trucks of land. It's, it's here. There's land is everywhere. So if, yeah. if a builder buys like 20, 30 acres, they could build all these properties on it. It makes sense at scale. But do you think that model would allow for like an individual to go and be like, I'm going to build this house and sell it here. No, I don't think there's a great model for individual building here unless unless that person is has economies of scale. Mm-hmm. So I think by definition, if you're just building one house, you don't. Yeah. Uh, or maybe if you're building like a $20 million house, you know, so you could do everything very custom. But someone coming in and just, you know, remodeling a house and flipping it doesn't make sense here. Yeah, um, yeah because... Yeah, or somebody coming in and just building a $5 million house and selling it. it doesn't make sense. You can't compete with the economies of scale at the big buildings. Yeah. So where is your expectation for the real estate market over 2022? Uh, probably I'm up a little bit, but relatively flat. You know, I think interest rate increases will probably put a damper on this you know, kind of extreme growth that we're seeing. Um, and I don't think we're going to see a ton of sales, honestly. I think that there's a you know, supply problem right now. And I think that as interest rates go up, there's not going to be a lot of people wanting to sell. I mean, if you have a 2.8% rate mm-hmm. and interest rates are now at 4.5%, why would you sell, get rid of, and lose your great loan to go get a 4.5% loan? So I think you're going to see that also keep prices up too, because there just won't be a lot of supply. But you know, for me, unfortunately, I don't see a ton of volume moving forward in the next couple of years. Yeah. Are you ever worried it's going to get to a point where prices are just so high that buyers are thinking, ah, you know what, I'm just going to wait it out, wait it out, see what happens. Things. It depends yeah. on what market you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, Maybe in the $1 and $2 million price point, you'll see some of that. But I think the wealthy are not you know, concerned about waiting. I think if they want a house, whether it's $5 million or $6.5 million, they're going to buy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that if you're on, an, on a fixed income and you're trying to buy your first house and things have gone up you know, like they have, like 30%, you're going to see some people waiting on the sideline. But I'll be honest, I've been hearing about people complaining about housing prices since I got into real estate mm-hmm. you know, 12 years ago. And I'd say it's been going up for 12 years yeah. since we I started. wonder what would have happened if, if COVID didn't happen. Because the market was, when did they raise rates? Was it 2018? Mm-hmm. Yep. What? Let's tilt it down. <laughs> oh, what happened to that? It probably just dropped. Okay. So you own a lot of real estate too. Could you tell us about what you've bought? Yeah, so I buy luxury residential real estate in Los Angeles, stuff that I love that I want to live in, but it ends up that I don't live in them that long and then I rent them out. But I like, uh, I like luxury rentals because you can get you know, 
there's a lot of wealthy people that want to rent nice properties in LA and I do my houses really nice. So I have mm. like kind of like a niche uh, for people that really want, you know, something nice. Cause a lot of rentals aren't, you know, exquisitely furnished and artwork and all that stuff. Um, and I just, yeah, so I rent out several homes, uh, and I'll, maybe I'll live in one here and there, but mm-hmm. it's kind of hard because they rent out for so much and I don't want to lose that income. So yeah. I end up renting in like smaller places. Yeah. So when you say luxury homes here, what, what are we? Well, five to 10 million, uh, oh. value and then rental, you know, 30 to 60,000 a month. That's, that's insane. Yeah. People, Who would pay for that? I just rented a house last week for 65000 a month. And that's short-term rental. But there's a lot of people coming in. Uh, I mean, I've got several rentals all in that price point. There's just a lot of money, and a lot of people don't want to buy yet. They mm-hmm. just want to rent, or they don't know what they're doing for a year or two. Uh, so they just come in and rent. And then if you have that product, if you have like a very nice, luxurious house with a view, <clears throat> you, know, you know, exquisitely furnished, then there's really not much competition. You know, You can charge what you want. Wow. See, my thought is if they don't know what to do for a year or two, they would be, maybe, maybe we think mm-hmm. a little different. Yeah. My thought is I, they would live somewhere where they could use that money. But I guess if they already <laughs> I think no. have money. I think if you 65K, you don't care. Yeah, you don't, don't care. They want to have fun. They want to <laughs> enjoy their year or two in Los Angeles. It's a different market. And the idea of trying to save 10 or 20 grand a month for them, that yeah. doesn't really matter. I'd say above 20 grand a month, people don't care about budgeting. Not to that extent of like, well, we could be better putting this towards our down payment in the future. To them, it's like it's a drop in the bucket. Wow. It really is. Yeah. And, you know, oftentimes yeah. it's like two guys that will rent a house. And they're, so they're each paying, you know, 20 grand a month, and which is far more reasonable. Um, and then they get, you know, a $40,000 a month house. And it's big enough for two people. Yeah. So that's what happens a lot. But who are these these clients that you're working with? And have you noticed a trend with your clients? Because Ryan Surhant was mentioning that his wealthier clients have been getting younger and younger. So they're no longer these like 60-year-old people. They're all in like their 30s now, their 40s. Well, in the Hollywood Hills, it's yeah. never been uh, the 60-year-old demographic. Mm-hmm. It's always been the 25 to 40. Mm-hmm. And it still is. Um, it still is. So I wouldn't say there's been much change. I mean, you do notice money coming from different areas. You know, you see a lot of crypto money now. Um, YouTube money see mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so, you know, it, you'll see it coming from different areas, like, but you don't, uh, Hollywood Hills was never about like some 70 year old guy that made his money in oil and gas. You know, it was always mm-hmm. the, the young kind of YouTube star or whatever. Yeah. How Act, many, maybe yeah. actor, but they don't usually spend that much. How many crypto people have you worked with? How does that come out? Do they, do they, do they just tell you, like, hey, I just made a whole bunch of money in Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I'll need to qualify. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, um, do you take crypto for this house? No, I've never sold in crypto. Uh, but definitely, like, actually, I would say I'm, I'm certain that one of my tenants uh, has made money in crypto. I think mm-hmm. another one of my tenants has. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's certainly out there. I just, uh, I'm, I've got a client looking to buy up to $10 million in Las mm-hmm. Vegas, crypto money. So, I mean, it's definitely, you know, do you, pervasive. Do you know what crypto? He's Bitcoin. Bitcoin. In fact, okay. I think most of them that I'm talking, that I, uh, I'm working with are Bitcoin. Okay. So you've yet to represent someone like Dogecoin or I have Doge a, uh, Mars. I have or, a friend. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm leasing her house yeah. and she has a lot of money in, in Dogecoin. Although I don't think she's done exceptionally <laughs> well yet. We'll see. I told her to she, get out. But. She bought in right when SNL was. <laughs> Graham, tell him your return on, your current return on Doge. Oh, well, okay. So. Well, the first story is that uh, when we first started this podcast, Jack told me to invest $1,000 in Dogecoin, and it was a fraction of a penny. 
And he says, just buy it. It's just going to it's gonna be good content. So I bought it yeah. on Robinhood. And uh, I thought it was stupid, and I sold it. <laughs> At the peak, it would have been worth about 160 grand from a $1,000 investment. Yeah. So it, it would have made but more money fair, than the entire... Everyone has a story about, like, my brother <laughs> bought Bitcoin when it was, like, you know, $12 a, mm-hmm. a coin. But nobody... I mean, he says, oh, if I just held on to it. But, yeah, bro, you would have sold it 50 times before it ever got to, you know, $50,000. That's true. Graham would have sold yeah. it if he made Graham 50 would have sold bucks. it. Oh, yeah, 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 Graham would have sold it 100 times before it oh, got yeah, to yeah. that I, I probably would have sold it when it hit 5K because I'd be like, that's that's a 500% return. Exactly. It'd be like, it's, it's so, silly. I, you yeah. know, you all, all those people far. that yeah. talk about that, I mean, they never would have held it until it got yeah. that high. So, What are your thoughts on crypto? Oh, I have Do a lot of any? thoughts. Because, uh, no, I don't own any. Um, Eric's been listen, telling you to think, buy, by the way, for I think a very crypto, long time. I think crypto is, is probably the future. I mean, I, I do think that it, over the long term, it's probably an excellent investment. Mm-hmm. Although I think that it might be inflated now. So I'm just too concerned to get in now. I think, and I'm not, I'm not really good at owning anything that I can track on a day-to-day basis. It drives me crazy. I'm always, I will be looking it up like every two hours. So... I wouldn't. En- I don't think I'd enjoy having a substantial stake in a crypto. That said, I, I do believe that you know in ten years I will have wished I had bought crypto, but I don't know if I w- would be happy in a year from now or six months from now. I think you should take a million, just a million bucks, buy Bitcoin or just fifty-fifty Bitcoin Ethereum. If there is a don't- if there is a big crash, uh, I might jump in. But there might not be a crash. Yeah, just I'm, like you said, it's kind of inflated. People okay. are saying the same about the housing market. Uh, I know. And here you are, I'd be like, but you there's know, a housing- couple. A couple reasons why <laughs> I. First of all, you can't really leverage crypto the way you can leverage a house. I mean, if I could borrow, you know, $5 million at 2.7% and buy crypto with it mm-hmm. and hold crypto for 30 years on that 30-year loan, I would do it. But that doesn't exist. Yeah, but the leverage, it, it, if you think of the leverage and you think, you know, the housing market went up, let's just say on an average year, let's just say even 5%. So you're making yeah. it like a 20% return on your money. But when you look at Bitcoin, you could be doing 50% annually, 40%. Not to say that that'll happen every Well, year, in real but- estate... I think you're making 20% on your cash just from your, your average, infl- uh, mm-hmm. average increase. Plus, you're making rent. So I think you know, you, I could probably make 10% on day one mm-hmm. on my cash on rent. So it's really 30%. Uh, I don't think you're going to... You know what? You know what Bitcoin would have to be for me to... If I put a million dollars in Bitcoin and, it, and I made 30% for the mm-hmm. next 10 years, Bitcoin would have to be at like a million or something like, or, or over a million. I mean, I don't know. I don't, my math isn't that yeah. good. But so no, I don't. I think I'll, I could make more money in real estate. We could use this clip when it hits a million. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? I've spoken with some people who are really into Bitcoin, like uh, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm losing track of my figures. Nine no. figures, yeah, like nine figures in, in Bitcoin who are convinced it'll hit a million dollars. Like yeah, convinced I could beyond give a belief. shit what, yeah. every, what anyone's I know. convinced. Yeah, sure, of. yeah. Um, because there are people that are convinced it'll go down, you know, to whatever. Uh, I don't think anyone knows anything about the crypto market. You know, I think it's just, just way too much speculation right mm-hmm. now. A ton of um, people leveraging, and I think that's really dangerous. So I think there's going to be a lot of regulatory um, uh, things going on in the next couple of years that will probably have an effect on the market. But I mean, to pretend that you know what's going to happen to cryptocurrency is laughable. I mean, I can't even understand what's going to happen in the real estate market. Mm-hmm. And I think there's way more fluctuation uh, in crypto. Got it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you're in the luxury <laughs> real estate market. Ask me a question about 
Football, vintage football cards or real estate? <laughs> what about the, the luxury uh, metaverse real estate market? Oh, yeah. What are your thoughts yeah. on the metaverse? So yeah. It, interesting question, too. Um, I think that that's also, I think, maybe partially inflated right now. But I think over the long run, I think that metaverse land is probably an unbelievably awesome investment. I mean, in the future, I don't think there's any question that in 20 years, we're all going to be in the metaverse. I mean, no one's going to be working because there's probably not any jobs because we're all going to be automated, except luxury real estate. <laughs> but honestly, though, I mean, 80% of our workforce in 20 years will be, they'll be sitting at home in the metaverse. Um, plus, when you introduce, like, porn into the metaverse, I mean, I'm just being honest, yeah. then everyone's going to be staying at home. <laughs> so I think the future is probably a lot of people staying at home, you know, <laughs> on the watching it's it's too bad some of those not watching it probably doing it in the metaverse it's, it's, I mean. it's you know you have to think too i was i got this idea like because we were, we were talking about the, the they sold a virtual yacht for like nine hundred thousand yeah. dollars right, right? Yeah. and i'm thinking imagine that person who bought that yacht could rent it out you like can't right? a yeah, lot of people are renting out grand, their metaverse but only land. people who could afford to pay the 50 grand can network with other people who are willing to pay the 50 grand. Imagine the networking that you could do on a yacht. It's like, like owning that. a board ape. I mean, right. They have that networking. Yeah. But you know exactly. what I'm mad about? Did you see the qual like the resolution? That's terrible. Okay. Yeah, but I it's, could all pay, about, it's all about 10 years from now. It's but I could pay now. a developer 900 grand and be like, hey, develop me a better yacht. I could chill no, out. They spent, yeah. I think, about 150 or 250,000 uh, building that yacht That's out. That's wow. easy. Yeah, so it's a lot of work. And then, but then they, you know, they sold it for way more. Yeah. Listen, I think that it's unquestionable that land in the metaverse is going to be a tremendously valuable investment. The problem is you don't know what metaverse. Yeah. Facebook's coming out with one. Others will. So if you knew like Decentraland was wow. the metaverse that was going to be huge, but it's not going to be huge until it's three-dimensional, until you're wearing, and, and nobody wants to put on a 10-pound Oculus. So yeah. in 10 years from now, you'll probably have a contact lens. You'll put that in, and you'll be seeing you know, a three-dimensional metaverse. And then, like I said, I hate to be like, you know, uh, overly honest about this, but I do believe that once porn gets introduced, <laughs> in the metaverse, it's going to, yeah, you're going to see a lot of guys staying at home, you know, because it's going to be the most vivid, like sexual experience for people. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually concerned <laughs> <laughs> because I think, yeah, because you're, you don't, you're not going to need the other thing too, is it's going to affect real estate, these glasses, yeah. or these contact lenses. You're not going to need a $5 million house with a view because everyone's going to have that. You're going to. Like wake up in the metaverse. Yeah, you're so going to be in the yeah. metaverse probably 10 hours a day. You're just going to probably, you know, use the restroom and eat and then sleep outside the metaverse. So I think you'll be, that's why I think land yeah. in the metaverse is so Do you valuable. think it's worth it to go in that direction though? Like as a society no. to be able to plug I think in it's extremely like, concerning yeah. from a societal perspective, but that's it. It's going to happen. No, we're going to be, I think there's going to be a tremendous loss of purpose uh, in 10, 20 years. I think you're going to see kids. I mean, I think that our, our, um, the number of people having kids is going to reduce dramatic to a very concerning level. I think relationships will suffer. I mean, I think that when you can be at, you know, in the metaverse, having relationships, that, that, that real relationships will probably suffer tremendously. Um, I think a lot of things are going to suffer. I mean, I think mm -hmm. you think Instagram is bad. I mean, it's nothing compared to where people are going to be in 20 years right. on the metaverse. Yeah. Well, you say Instagram. I think TikTok. If we're talking about well, like where you whatever, spend, yeah, I'm just saying like yeah. people are concerned that people are spending too much time on TikTok and yeah. Instagram. When there's three dimensional like you know universes out there and everything else I already discussed, <laughs> trust me, people. And there's no jobs because everything's automated. 
and you all you, you don't need much but money I bet to the live. Job, the jobs would be in the metaverse, though. Oh, did you see that they hired yeah. uh, casino hosts in the metaverse? Yeah, yeah. So there's people in other countries that get paid more than their living wage. Oh yeah, gosh, to be yeah. Uh, virtual. Yeah, casino the, hosts. I think another yeah. problem though is that the metaverse is so egalitarian in terms of people that can work because anyone around the world can work there. I think that the pay is going to be very low. And I don't think it's going to attract you know any right. any, any yeah. skilled workers. Yeah, I think it was Ghana that people were making yeah. now like four or five hundred dollars a month. So it's four times the minimum wage. Yeah. Uh, on Axie Infinity, which is yeah. great for a lot of developing countries, I, presumably, unless I'm missing some things. But I don't think that's going to be. You're not going to be able to make ninety thousand dollars a year at these you know low level jobs in the metaverse. I, maybe there are jobs in the metaverse. I just don't yeah. know enough about it. But regardless, people are going to be waking up, putting in their contact lenses. And staying at home, you know, 15 hours a day. And it's going to have a lot of negative consequences for society. It's just wild to think about. Because if, if it's really that good, would you want the real world anyway? No, you won't. No. I mean, it's yeah. literally like the yeah. Matrix. Right. No, most people will choose the red, the, no, the blue pill. No. Most people will be choosing <laughs> the blue pill in, in 20 years. Yeah. I mean, we're not there yet. The metaverse is still like kind of a, you know, yeah. grainy two-dimensional thing. Right. But there's no question that we will have contact lenses and be living in a metaverse in 20 years. I mean, there's just no question. I yeah. mean, imagine this, Grim. You, you, you wanted to buy um, that car from Hoovy. Oh, yeah. Or, or just right, imagine right. You, yeah. you didn't have your GT yet, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why would you spend 200 and however much grand on a car in real life? When you can buy it on the metaverse for twenty grand, the, and it's the same uh, experience to drive the car, uh, to display the, the car, exactly the same. I feel well, like in twenty, it's in 20 well, not years, now, it, it now, might be yeah. a very similar experience. So why why yeah. would anybody like Ready Player One? I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So why would you choose the real life car when you get the exact same? I don't know. I don't know. Out of the the metaverse, I car. don't know. I think it, it's gonna it's gonna be used in the beginning for flexing, of people to show well, not just how the beginning. Much, It'll yeah. always. I mean, right. There's no universe. You put whatever name in front of it you want <laughs> where people won't be flexing their money. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be haves and have nots in the metaverse yeah. too. So why don't you buy land in the metaverse? Why not just take well, a, a again, little Again, because I equate of, yeah. it to crypto. I yeah. think that, that the, the values have gone up so much that there could be a little bit of a reckoning. Um, yeah. But again, and, and again, I don't know which, which metaverse. I um, think that's the most there's important no question. Part, yeah. yeah, there's no question that land in whatever metaverse ends up being like one of the more dominant metaverses yeah. is going to be an excellent investment. I mean, there'll be millions and millions of dollars for good pieces of land and for houses, no question. Yeah. It's interesting. One of my first clients, his name was John Jacobs, and he held the record. And I remember looking, looking him up when I'm trying to like research who he was. He held the record for the most expensive virtual item ever sold in 2010. It was in this, uh, they called it, it was, it was a game. It, what was it? Uh, in, it was like this Entropia oh, universe. Oh, he had the disco? Yeah. The disco the, tech? He had, no, he had an asteroid. Yeah, yeah. But it was a disco. Something like that. Yeah. yeah you visit his asteroid. Yes, yeah. yeah. So he uh, sold this for $630,000 in 2010 back wow. then. And it was a disco. He was making $200,000 a year from this. And people would pay to gain access to his disco in yeah. the game. And he owned the Well, that's the, the same thing asteroid. going on in like other yeah. you know, metaverses right now. You're going to be making a fortune if you own land and you build a casino or you build like, you know, a, a destination and you rent it out. Yeah. Or peop and people will be spending most of their money in, in yeah. 20 years, 10 to 20 years, people will be spending most of their money in the metaverse. Are you worried about the impact on real estate for like, let's say for you 20 years from now, if you're thinking ahead... 
how does this impact yeah, you or the I business? Yeah, I think that the, listen, there's so many things that, that, that are hard to kind of figure out about this. But if I had to guess in, in, in 20 years, I'd say that a lot of people will not need as much from where they're living. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, first of all, you're not going to probably <laughs> see many shopping centers and a lot of, and I, and I don't really think you're going to be seeing, um, you know, commercial spaces. Like you've got these big towers, you know, with thousands of people coming into work. Mm-hmm. I mean, those will have to be converted to to residential housing at some point. Cause I mean, who th- we're not going to be having a bunch of people going to work in 20 years. Um, and I think that you'll have a lot of people that could probably live in, you know, a 600 square foot, you know, condo without a view. And there'll be technology in 20 years where you can put a, you know, a little window on a wall, you know, like, like a Samsung frame TV, yeah, yeah. but imagine it, you know, 50,000 times better. And it'll look like a view and it'll move when you move and it'll be whatever view <laughs> yeah. you want. So I think you could probably turn a really crappy, dark apartment into a gorgeous little, you know, apartment just from these little fake windows. Uh, and, and you'll have natural light. I mean, you'll probably be able to have sunroofs, you know, for in 20 years, you'll be able to buy a, a sunroof, just put it onto a dark ceiling and it'll look like the sun and the sun will move and you won't be able to tell if that sunroof or whatever you want to call it sunlight yeah. is uh is real or not in, in 20 years you'll have no way of knowing and it will be at night and you can black it yeah, out when you don't want to wake up <laughs> i mean it's so i i think that yeah. te- technology is going to have a, a huge impact on on real estate that's crazy Hold but on. Yeah. i will also say that people yeah. will be living at home more and staying at home more so you know, you've got i guess different you know pulls and pushes Knox, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I think we should talk about the the Netflix show. I mean, there's a lot oh, of... so boring. Let's, we, I always talk about the Netflix show. This stuff is more fun. I, ag- the I agree. Yeah. Let's I see agree. if there's... Because yeah. since Jack's not able to make it, he has a few questions Ooh, for you. I just want to yeah. see if there's anything in here that, that has to do with the show that we could get out of the way on this. Sure. Um, I'm not saying I won't talk about it. I'm just saying it's boring. Yeah. I'm just saying I think maybe li- yeah. people would like to hear a little bit. Okay, about fine. Yeah. Um, I like the metaphor. So Jack wants to know, why do you continue to sell real estate when at this point you could leverage the show and you could leverage your audience to make money in other ways that don't involve that? Maybe you could make way more. I haven't leveraged the show, honestly, to make $1 uh, anywhere else besides buying and selling property. I have not used my Instagram uh, or anything else to make literally one dollar. Yeah. That's what, so. I, what Jason what? told me that I was like, I, I thought for yeah, sure I Jason a would be doing collaboration. A or I'm anything. like, Jason, why aren't you doing sponsors on Instagram? I'm not like, saying oh, I, I'm, I, I, yeah. I'm not saying I yeah. wouldn't do like a quality, you know, sponsor. Uh, I just, I don't know. It's not. I'm not trying to like you know sell a make twenty thousand dollars on a post to like sell a razor and be like, oh, my favorite you know beard trimmer. I or think something. you're under. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to. By the way, any that. beard trimmer companies, <laughs> I've got you, but not you know, you got to pay me. Who did we do for the for the we did? Oh, Manscaped. We did a sponsorship with Manscaped. Yeah. A, a oh, I was listen. You can talk yeah. to me in a year, and I'll have done like twenty spots. I'm, I'm just thinking, saying I have not yeah. yet. So not really, my thing yet. You you went through the same progression that I did in the very beginning. Uh, the first, I think, three months on YouTube, I didn't put any ads in my videos because I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't need the money. I don't want to be doing, that guy. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy who's putting ads in this. This is silly. Uh, and then I was just like, well, if it's going to help the algorithm, I'm going to put an ad in a video. And it helped the algorithm. And then I started making some money. I was like, well, if one ad helps the algorithm, what's two ads? It helped yeah. the algorithm even more. And then, then I was actually making a decent amount of money. But I said no to sponsors. 
for three years, I didn't do a single sponsor wow. because I was thinking I'm making so much money from ad revenue. I don't yeah. need to thank sponsors. You only need to thank sponsors. If, if you, um, I can't imagine you I saying know. I'm making so <laughs> much money from ad revenue. I don't need. Sponsors. Yeah, that's how I felt because only the people who were doing sponsors, they made no money in ad revenue. So I was like, OK, they have to do sponsors, but I don't have to do that. Uh, and then it's it started and started trickling in. I think it was Simply Safe uh, was the one of the first sponsors on the channel, the home security system. Oh, that and, you know what I remember yeah. seeing that, and it was such a natural integration because yeah, you them. set it yeah. up in your house, right? Yeah, I so love that. Them. To yeah. me, makes sense. Like I would do like a collaboration with like you know Sonos or something like that, like some type of <laughs> oh, real we're, estate. Listen, we're we're going down the rabbit hole here. Just. Listen to this, okay? Yeah. I'm Everyone is telling me you're going to make more money from sponsorships than you will from ad revenue. It's like, I'm, I didn't believe them. Well, sure enough, a year later, more money from sponsor, way more money from sponsorships. Well, I am not going to be making more and money from guess what? We had a sponsor Instagram the other day. Post. Actually, the post today, our company, we're, uh, technically, we are both <laughs> lords, so you have to refer to both of us as a lord <laughs> because we bought land in, in, where is it, Scotland, Ireland? <laughs> they sponsored our video. So far, for like $50. So, uh, Jason, are you a lord? Are you a lord? Ever, so. But you, you don't own land. Yeah, are you, are, you, are you a lord? I'm a lord. Seriously, they send you a certificate. But I'm just saying the oh, well, if they send you a certificate, then, you're, then it's legit. They sponsor the video. But my point is we've gone from like, I'm not doing any sponsors to now like, you can be a lord for yeah. like thirty dollars. Well, we'll know, do it. We'll do a podcast every year, and I'll, I'll update you on that. But I'm telling you, I think for very minimal work, you'd be able to clear an extra probably three million bucks a year with with, with very little work. Yeah, listen, I yeah. would I would do that. Yeah, I just have not gotten off my ass and and you know thought about it yet. Maybe yeah. I need to hire someone that can do that. But I think there is a way to leverage this and make more money than you're expecting, and maybe that might. Uh, Shift your. I don't want to say it might. Well, I'm, I know always gonna, I'm always going to work in real estate. Nothing's going to pull me but away. But I'm more than happy to do you know extracurricular things. I think and it's worth money. it to pursue. Why didn't <laughs> you just go, called it extracurricular? Ex, yeah, yeah, some extra. Why didn't you pursue the route that I saw Brett take, which is creating a program? And I think yeah. just the the time. I mean, my brother spent like a year and a half on that. Uh, I and I mean, I was I could never have spent a tenth as much time as he spent creating that class. So I think for that reason, I bet in a weekend though, if you, well, I guess probably about a week, I bet you could spend five days with somebody planning it out and a weekend going over it. Just, he just as though you're talking to you and like I. like 18 months every didn't day. Didn't need to. He well, didn't need he may, to. But that's I'll, our yeah. personality though. It's just to be, we just, you know, our personality is not to bang something <laughs> so out. I'll tell you when, when I did the first real estate agent program, I yeah, spent I a year working on that thing and it was horrible. I scripted I everything out. Yeah. I hated it. Oh, yeah. you and, were there for that. Yeah. And I, it bombed. It just yeah. like, nobody was interested in it. I just didn't, it, not that many people were interested in that. Yeah. My YouTube program, on the other hand, I spent 30 days on that. Nothing was scripted, and I just had bullet points in front of yeah. a whiteboard, and I was just you know talking and making the points. I spent well, you're thirty days extemporaneous. I'm like a, someone who just wants to just you know go over script everything out. I mean, I but I my, plus the other yeah. thing too is my brother has the best one out there. Like I'll I would never want to have another one. Like I'll never do one as good as he did, no matter how much time I spend. So. I don't know. I mean, but then you would have something that would compete with him, maybe. Well, so first maybe of all, I wouldn't want to compete like, with yeah, him, but right, regardless, right. I, I've watched it. Okay, I, I will never 
ever yeah. do something that yeah. good. We were talking a while ago doing a mentorship where you would basically have people pay you, you know, however much just for your thoughts on their real estate situations or, or if something is good buy or how to negotiate or something like that. I thought I we mean, did really well. I don't know. Yeah. I just, it's, that's not totally my personality. That's you fair. know, I'm just more like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. think I would be doing that. I just think my personality is more just like focus on buying and selling real estate. Got it. And just, you know, I'm not trying to add a ton more to my plate right now. Yeah. I say that as I open up a Vegas office and maybe get a third show, but um, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Do you think there's any point that you're just going to retire and take it easy or, or you know, scale back a little bit from what you're doing? You know, probably not because I think that if I, every time I think about where I want to be before I retire, that if I, once I get there and I've done that many times, I just want, you know, to be, working harder and expand more and be more successful. And I also love what I'm doing. I think I'd be bored off my ass if I retired. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I think I could slow down and, and travel more. Uh, you know, I already am. Uh, but I, I just don't think I ever want to unplug mm -hmm. from what I'm doing. What if you and weren't, plus yeah. at some point the shows will, you know, stop <laughs> Yeah, and I'll have more time. Yeah. Have you been surprised at the success of the show? Yeah. Uh, Obviously, I mean, what was your have. reaction when it first came out? Because I, re I remember, I don't know if we could we could talk about this, but in the very beginning, I think that when you saw the first episode or two, I think you weren't you disappointed that it wasn't more real estate. I think I think in the beginning you would, you had told you had told them it's like I wanted this to be like eighty percent real estate. Yeah, I think and then I, they had their direction, and wasn't there some yeah, clash? In I mean, the beginning? well, no, it wasn't yeah. a clash. I mean, at the end of the day, they were completely right. right. We have a, a show that was. 50 times more successful than any show that I would have ever, mm. you know, wanted. Um, but yeah, I thought, you know, I was so s concerned about my brand and I was, I'm just, you know, fairly kind of controlling and, mm. um, and I like to manage, you know, everything. So for me to delegate anything was very difficult, like in season one. Mm. But once I saw that it was good, um, I, you know, I chilled out yeah. and, I, and I stopped, you know, I just let production do their thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the at, at the beginning, I, I, I wanted this show to be real estate focused. But honestly, it would have probably been a shitty show. Yeah. How did this show even come up to begin with? Did, did, they, did they approach you in the beginning? Yeah. With, so we had been yeah. approached by you know different agents and producers, and a a Adam Devillo, our current producer, and Skyler. I think one of them reached out, and you know, even we were not interested when they reached yeah. out. But then they like pushed to get a meeting, and we hadn't taken a meeting in like six months or a year. Um, and so we took a meeting and then we, you know, we kind of warmed up to it. I think the other agents were, you know, excited about it as well. Mm -hmm. And one thing led to another. And we, you know, before you knew it, we were filming a pilot. Yeah. But yeah, at first I wasn't, I was, yeah. I thought it was more risk than reward. What was the, why did you agree to it then? If you felt like there's too more I just, risk. I just yeah. turned, I just started getting yeah. more excited about it. You know, I just kind of, we had a, it was a good producer. I thought it was going to be fun. You know, I'm definitely one of those people that likes to take risks and, mm -hmm. you know, you know, YOLO type of thing. So that was probably yeah. it. Do you, uh, get, yeah. do you get uh, maybe fans of the show that come to the office and try to, like, look through the window? Like or every oh two minutes. Gosh. Yeah, Really? Yeah. Wow. I can almost not even work in the office. You know what's anymore. crazy? When it, the show first came out, I would be the only one in the office at 9 p.m. And this is, like, the very first. And uh, I could... It was difficult because they would they would come in and they they'd peer in and I would be the only one in there and some of them would like no, knock and I'd be like like this or or they'd go there and try to open the door yeah and it's like oh, they 10 still do at night. <laughs> what if it was what open you have to make sure it's locked wow you should yeah you should it's insane now yeah. uh, it's it's every I would say forty to fifty 
people come by during wow. the day. I mean, it's it's every yeah. couple minutes. And but usually they just jump out of their car, take a photo in front, and you know we just oh, continue yeah. working. But a lot of times they will knock. And, and listen, yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, I think I you have a responsibility because these yeah. are your, you know your fans, and it, and you, they are really happy when you go out and take a photo with yeah. them. So. How do you balance try to do that. going and taking pictures with people while still working? Because I know how distracting that it's, could be. It's like, difficult. You, I mean, yeah. I, I, I try to mm-hmm. remind myself that it's 10 seconds of my life and it makes them really happy. Mm-hmm. So from that utilitarian perspective, I, I really, you know, I feel like it's an obligation to do that. Um, but, you know, I mean, sometimes, you're, you know, you're trying to get work done. So it, it's, it's yeah. a hard balance because it's certainly with season four, it's gotten um, or worse, I yeah. guess I want to say. How surprised are people to show up to the office and see someone on the show in the office? They're are they expecting like they're not going to be happy and surprised? Yeah. I mean, it's usually me. I'm there a lot, yeah. so it's me a lot. Um, no, they they get pretty excited, yeah. for sure. I did that with Pawn Stars. I was so excited. Me too. Line for really? I did that, too. Yeah, yeah. I was so I haven't sad done that to yet. see them. Yeah. Wait, are they actually see, there? No, no, no. Nobody was, was there when no, I, I went. No, no I, sorry. No one was there. Oh, yeah. So oh, you same with me, too. I thought, like, for sure I'd see one of and the And all their shit was super overpriced. Yeah, it was, like, actually, yeah. eh. It, yeah, it, they it don't sucked. even sell things out, out of there anymore. I mean, they do, but it's like they put everything at, at such a high price yeah. just because it's a novelty to be exactly. able to go in there and like, buy Like, oh, anything. look, you know where I bought this? Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, I mean, everything's, like, 50% more than it should be. Do you watch the show at all? Which have you show? seen Selling Sunset? Do oh, you I watch it every watch time. The they send us a screener. Oh, yeah, we yeah. have to because we have press that asks us about oh, it. Okay. Um, so they send us a screener, usually just a few days before it airs, and then I watch it. Got it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not someone who watches reality TV. I, outside of watching Selling Sunset, yeah. of course I've watched every season of Selling Sunset. Is there anything in the show where you think it wasn't portrayed the right way or you've seen something and be like, oh, that was taken out of well, context? Well, I remember, or... like, uh, they made me look jealous of Simu coming in. Yeah, well, so, so... That was okay. a little... So, yeah, little, so, little, so I, little fun. I had... So, I, I have not seen any... I think I saw some of season one, but I scroll and I just find myself and I'm like, <laughs> that, that's what I've done. But season f- four, right, this last yeah. one, it was on an airplane and I watched the entire thing. It was the first time... From start to finish, all in one go is really good. But yeah, it, but the Simu thing, how did that <laughs> take so place? They, so yeah, they had some fun in, yeah. the, in the production bay with, with that. But <laughs> I mean, listen, whatever. <laughs> so you, so was it taken out of context or, or not? I mean, I was yeah. not. Yes, I was not. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think that guy is awesome, but I was not. Uh, <laughs> that I don't think that's exactly how it went down. <laughs> okay. Oh man! If you weren't doing real estate, what would you be doing? Uh, maybe I would. You know, it'd be probably fun to own like a a card shop, maybe and like buy and sell like vintage baseball and football cards. That's or artwork. I do like like collecting art and like uh, sports cards. So something in there would be fun. What if you were starting over and you're broke today? You had no, yeah, money. I mean, I take that as the same question, right? Um, what I would well, I would do if I couldn't do real estate. I mean, no, maybe. if you could, if you could do real estate, like let's say you have zero dollars and you're starting oh, out, and some kid estate. comes to you and is like, "What can I do? Give me like three steps." I, I, I mean, I, okay, you're asking me what I would do. Yeah, I mean, I would do real estate. I mean, basically, that is what I did when I had that decision. You know, uh, ten years ago, I would make the decision every day. Uh, you're asking me what they should like do specifically. Yeah, yeah, I would do what I did. I would join a a brokerage where you partner with like a really good agent. I mean, that's. I think more and forget about what brokerage really. I think mm. you need to partner, and this I think equates to not just being successful in real estate, but anything. Um, as a lawyer, I worked under an amazing Dan Petrocelli, who was an amazing lawyer. 
uh, and I think that whatever you're doing, but let's let's go with real estate. You partner with a really good person to, and you don't focus on the money. You don't focus on the commission. I mean, you know how much commission we were giving up mm. to our real estate partner, then to Coldwell Banker. I mean, we weren't making. I think I was making twenty-seven cents for every dollar I made in commission. But I was focusing on experience, learning, you know, building a um, a client base. So that's what I would do. I just focus on learning. A lot of people focus on like this get rich quick mentality and they and they really just think about oh how can i make quick money and i think crypto has a lot to do with it and i think you know seeing other people make money so quickly in, in the metaverse or in a crypto punk or in you know bitcoin whatever and so they don't have this mentality of like a 10-year plan uh and i think that's what you know we need to get back to is like where do you want to be in 10 years and not to say it cliche but spend the next three to five years building a, a, you know, a client base, you know, learning, becoming an expert. I mean, what happened to actually just being great at what you do? That's how I got successful, just by working hard and becoming you know, excellent at what I do. Mm. Um, and I think people just need to focus on like the old school mentality. Yeah. So if there's one thing out there that you haven't accomplished yet that you still want, what would it be? I don't even know. You got it. I feel accomplished. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't feel like there's. An, I don't have any yearning for any okay. type of you know, uh, su- extra success. But I would have answered that this question ten years ago the same. Mm. I, I don't really like. A, I'm not like a goal oriented person in that way. I just like to just keep pushing forward, and mm-hmm. whatever happens happens. But I don't have like, oh, I need to make this or do this or own this or whatever. I just just keep moving forward. Got it. What questions do you have for us? Ask away. How much money has the iced tea coffee hour with Graham and Jack made? Uh, with with sponsorships? Yeah, I Are don't. You- I don't know. To be honest with you, we've had some good months. Uh, under a million, I think. I don't know. Okay, Honestly, I have no idea. Jack does all the accounting on that. I have. I have no clue. You might want to. You might want to find <laughs> out. Okay, let me see yeah. what other questions I have. Okay, can you keep up the same amount of content and same quality of content that you're pushing out now? Or are you oh, going to burn gosh. out? I'm bur- I've, I've been saying this for a while now. I remember asking you, I think it was like two years ago. I'm like, Jason, I'm kind of burnt out. I can't do anymore. Uh, and yeah. you told me to scale back. And I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe at the end of the year. And then I just, I pushed through another year. Well, I just year. told you it's a marathon. Yeah. I said, you got to, you know, have, you got to get it through at least five more years. So, yeah. So Alex is starting to edit my videos. And after this, he's oh, I know what like, I told you. Yeah. I told you to start delegating and bringing on oh, people. Oh, we're yeah. still at, we're still working on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, so, so you had a problem with that even back then. Oh god, oh, he didn't want to do anything yeah. with it. He didn't want anyone to help him. Yeah, that's how he's now. It's impossible. Yeah. That's how I used to be, and so I get it. Yeah, and we're, but you have to start delegating. Yeah, I actually I called Jason. Jason was the one who really convinced me to hire Jack in the very beginning. Really? Yeah, yeah. because I was thinking, ah, oh, you know, I could do it myself. Really. And J- and Jack came on and J- and it well, wasn't, and I wasn't was on anything. Jack Jack was doing such a good job, but it was just like. I, but I was there too. Yeah. I mean, I had a really hard time hiring my first assistant, and then afterwards, I was like, "Oh my god, how did I ever live without an assistant?" I, yeah. I bet you you don't even know how you could do it. You couldn't go back. No, I couldn't. Yeah, well, not but with all the content that we're yeah, making. Yeah, you know? yeah. But now it's a it's almost I'm fearful of that because you can't go back. So once you do that, then that's like a permanent little brick that you put up there, and it's always going to yeah. stay there. So you can't take that away. Are you calling so, me a brick? Yeah, <laughs> brick. It just doesn't. It just doesn't leave. <laughs> it doesn't, uh, but no, the answer is I've I've constantly felt like I burnt out 
constantly. Yeah. Um, and I get like usually about two days a week where I'm just like, I'm, I'm over it. But the other five days are fine. So it's like sometimes it's challenging, but I, I push through like my goal. You really uh, feel like that? What? Like you don't know that? No, because that's exactly how I feel. Oh yeah, I and, think everyone feels. But he like feels that. it like six days a week. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, but my thought was like, how does Graham work so much and never feel burnt out? I didn't oh, know I you feel burnt actually out all feel the time. Oh, burnt out. And then, yeah. and then like then I get that one to two days where it's like it's like a hump and you know, like, yeah. work. And yeah. then um, you get that one day on the weekend or something where you know, oh, you have dinner with your girlfriend and then you do Netflix. And then like my whole mind resets. Like I didn't know you actually feel oh, burnt yeah. out. Yeah. Oh yeah. For three years, probably two, three years, I felt like that. And you just have to year. monitor your happiness. If you drop below, like I, I look back, like you know, you got to look back every six months and just be like, you know, what's my happiness like? If you're ever below a seven, yeah, you should but be but I feel like there's also a time to like keep pushing and grinding and like That's true you know, too. so yeah. what if you're not like a ten happiness? No, I'm just like, saying yeah. you got to make sure you're like at least a seven. You know, my whole life yeah, I've always right. made sure that I'm at least you know a right. seven. I don't know. The last year just feels like a total blur like i have no idea like you asked me what i did last night or yeah i had no i had no clue it's i really don't know so like fuku I, burger fuku burger yeah, yeah no, I, but i forgot because there's there's just yeah. it's but you're also I'm building focused you're, you're, you're on building you. a uh you know i think you're building your finances to the point where you're protecting yourself for life so there's a value there you know that you have to yeah. just push through right so you do you have to make some sacrifices if you were i mean it, it, i think I guess what I'm saying is probably more relevant to somebody who's, you know, not making as much because I think when you're making enough to where you're really securing your financial future, you got to just push through. Right. It's difficult for me because originally that was hiring Alex and having Alex edit my videos. So he's been doing that. Uh, but it's odd because sometimes for me, editing is my way to reset my mind. And because now it frees up like, let's say five hours. Uh, so 15 hours a week now it's kind of freed up for me. But my editing was a way to like, kind of like, just zone out for a little bit, get a video done, and then I'm refreshed. But now it's like when I finish a video, so planning and filming, I hand it off to Alex, and I'm like, I got to go back to planning. So I don't have that, like, five-hour break. So I can't increase my own productivity because I get back to planning, and I'm like, everything's crap out there. There's, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. Versus before where I would edit, I'd have that five hours to zone out and then come back refreshed. Maybe I got to find something Maybe else. Maybe you got to yeah. edit a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just a, I, I yeah. have, you know, I delegate the hell out yeah. of, out of things that, that I don't, I'm not needed for. I mean, I think that's the trick to anyone becoming successful. Do you think Graham, Graham has this idea and, and I don't have an opinion on it just yeah, so you know, me, Graham has this idea. Jack has a different idea. Graham thinks that he can't really delegate like script writing um, because that's kind of, the videos are him. Right. Yeah. Um, and then Jack thinks Oh, I don't know what Jack thinks. I don't want to speak for him. But some people do say that he can delegate script writing. I think that at some point, I don't think it's black and white, but I think at some point you should obviously hire someone to do scripting and you can you, you can review it or not use it. But I think the natural course of where you're going is going to have to be people you know, doing more scripting and you doing less scripting. I don't think it has to be yeah. all or nothing. It's just tough because once I make a change, I, I won't go back. So but I know. But don't yeah. you get ideas from people? So that's... Like you know, ideas from com the comments or the, the best ideas. Just yeah, so that's the comments. Yeah. scripting in a way. Yeah, I mean, sure. so it's just it's a it's a you know a gray area in terms of a it's not black and white. But I would say that's scripting, getting ideas, getting comments, getting things to talk about. And then then the next step would just be someone creating bullet points for you, and you review the bullet points and you highlight the ones you like, and you script from there. But I mean, so it's a it's a progress. But I definitely think you have to start delegating that to some extent. Sure. 
Yeah, I was thinking, I, I told, uh, I think I, t I told both of you, by the end of the year, I wanted to go down to two videos, and now I'm at the end of the year, I still want to, if I go down to two, it's forever going to be two, so. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah, we've been, we've yet. been grinding. The Is that a financial videos. hit if you go down to two? Because Possibly. Sponsors Maybe. And, and so Jack says I would make more, because by doing two, I could dedicate the extra time to finding sponsors and have like a 100% fill rate. So every video yeah. would have a sponsor in it. Whereas right now, maybe one in three. Oh, then I would as a sponsor. I would do less but, work and, and, and get more money for less work. But then it's like, then every video is sponsored. And then I don't think it matters. I, mean, I don't think it ma matters that much, but I don't think, but I could do three videos that we can have them all sponsored too. Yeah. But, you gotta, <laughs> but you're not doing that. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, know. I think you maybe go down to two and get them all sponsored and then you make just as much money and for less work. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I mean, listen, I, I don't know I'm taking much this about yet. YouTube, so yeah. I'm just now. Yeah. Opining. So I just moved the goalpost a little bit. So it was the end of the year and now I'm thinking my birthday in April that then I could, if I could keep three videos up just until April. Well, I, know, I mean, you yeah. gotta, it's a marathon. I, I've, I've I always know. told you that. I know. Same with real estate. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I don't hustle like as hard as I used to. Like I will you know, delegate a million. I used to do a $700,000 condo. Mm. You know, and now I'll delegate, you know, a million, two million dollar house to other agents mm. um, because, I mean, quality of life matters, you know, so you got to. So it's not I mean, I'm not going to delegate a five million dollar house and I'm still going to be totally involved because yeah. that's just my personality. But, yeah, I mean, I just delegate more and more as I you know, yeah. as you grow. What's some other advice that you have. I don't know if I'm great at advice outside of real estate. Really? Yeah. There's got to be something. It's not really to consider it a business. Business, financial, whatever it might be. Uh, I mean, I enjoy, something. I enjoy investing. I mean, I enjoy financial investing. Um, but I think I have a, you know, a, a very biased take towards yeah. it because I invest a lot of that in real estate. But I enjoy stocks. You know, I, I enjoy like little quick plays in the stock market. But at the end of the day, I'm smart enough to know that, that nobody really knows about stock market, cryptocurrencies, metaverse. I mean, it's just... It's just Gambling, mm -hmm. so uh, I don't. I wouldn't want to pretend to advise about sure. that. What about advice for Alex, myself? Any questions you have for us? It's your chance to flip the script here. Uh, I don't. Is I mean, I'm not. Us? I'm also not good. I would. No? I would suck over doing your job. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What Alex, did you? you yeah. What did you think when uh, when Graham was growing <laughs> on YouTube? Did you see that inevitably he would have to leave the brokerage? No, so I mean that's a good question because I when Graham first told me he was gonna start doing YouTube, I I rolled. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Jason yeah. had a talk and he said if if you if you just stick with this, you, you, I guarantee you'll make like seven hundred grand in, in real next, estate. Like, in yeah. real estate in the next like you know two years, all you got to do is just stick with this. Really? Yeah. No, I, I was not a was fan of like, him doing yeah. YouTube. I'm like, bro, come on. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and then he wanted to do it out of the yeah. office. I'm like, no, I yeah, can't. Yeah. I'm not. I remember that? Yeah. He yeah. told us he would. Uh, he would wait till everybody was out of the office and he would film. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. He, he, I was exactly. So, he would. <laughs> I was so embarrassed because one time I think it was Davina. I was, I was in the upstairs office doing something and I heard the door like beep, beep, beep. And I was, I sat there with like the phone up and I was so embarrassed that Davina came in. And I was like, do I say I'm here? Do I spook her? <laughs> so yeah, that's what he would do. He'd be upstairs doing YouTube. Yeah. So um, you were convincing him to, to... I didn't... I mean, listen, I mean, that, that's on me, but because, yeah, I was saying, no, focus on real estate. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, come on. You, you know how many people get into YouTube and aren't successful? Yeah. I mean, probably 98% of yeah. people. 
It so. was it was interesting. It was just a feeling I had. I, I couldn't explain it. I and I told Jason this. I'm like, I just I I, I feel like this is what I have to do. It was I really also like so uniquely. Convincing. I think you you yeah. have some <laughs> unique qualities that are really good on YouTube. Like you're you're really smart, but you're able to relay that to people. Mm. Whereas I think a lot of really smart people are not like I would be a terrible on YouTube. Mm. I don't know how to like connect to that audience. Yeah. Uh, so I th I think that you have that relatability. Mm. Of course, I mean, how would I know that at the beginning? Yeah. Plus, now yeah. I've lost a great. He was one of my yeah. top agents, and now I've lost a great yeah. agent. But you know what? You, you know how much money yeah. I make off of Graham now? <laughs> Jack. Nothing. Oh, oh nothing. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, not But you know what? You did help me in, in the beginning, uh, and I don't think I've I've ever expressed this. In the very beginning, you were really upset at me for swearing in my videos, and oh, yeah, that was, yeah. he called it, you out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because in the in the first few, because I saw YouTube as like no, like no one was was adding any personality to find the finance videos didn't exist and the people that did the videos were like in front of a whiteboard and they'd like you know write stuff out so i came Are in you making and, fun of jeremy right now well yeah jeremy no this is before even jeremy oh okay. before jeremy but jeremy had the whiteboard too <laughs> but uh no one came in with the personality of like swearing so it like caught people off guard and so when i would say the f word or like you know the s word or whatever in a video Everybody was like, "Oh, this is so refreshing!" It's like some they could they could relate to that, yeah, uh, because it was more on their level, just like you know, just a bud who's messing around talking about personal finance. Um, but then you came to me and said you did not want me swearing um, because it was a reflection. It was on the a Oppenheim reflection group. on the Oppenheim group. And yeah. in the beginning, I'm like, "This is it." Then you know, because then I felt like that was I'm your not, personality. I'm not given my full personality, and then I have to like censor myself on YouTube. And it turned out to be the best decision that I didn't swear. Because shortly after that, YouTube went through the adpocalypse. Like, I think it was like that year where they demonetized any content with swearing. And so because I had then built up this audience without swearing and a really clean image, it worked in my favor. Okay. So well, in the beginning, in the beginning, it was something I was just like, oh, man. So in a way, he made you money. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And now we don't swear at all. Like you, you've said a few naughty words here. We edit those out. Wow. Yeah, because yeah, I watched. Image, I watched yeah. one video. Maybe yeah, I picked the wrong one. Yeah. But I'm like, you know what? I've never watched any of Graham's videos. <laughs> I got to check one out. And I, and I just watched like a two two minutes of one video, yeah. and I heard all this cussing. I'm like, bro, you got to yeah. knock that off. I was freaked yeah. out. I'm like, is that in every video? Is he just <laughs> was like, he recording in the office? No. Too? Oh, okay. No. Yeah. Um. But uh, no, in the. The office videos I didn't swear. Yeah, I think he at first said I, that he, he's like, what if I don't swear when I'm in the office? <laughs> but I mean, I wasn't trying to like, you know, manage your, your content, but I didn't. He was an agent at the Oppenheim Group, and I just, you know, I'm very protective of the broker. Yeah, so. I, but I'm thinking of it, if I, if I were in your position, I'd do the, the exact same thing. I'd be like, this isn't a good reflection. Like if Jack yeah. started if Jack started a channel, but if he's out there just like cursing and doing whatever, I wouldn't want that because that would come back on me if, if something were to happen. So I get it. I, I, I think it. It's a, I mean, I listen, think it's I had a such a disconnect yeah, from know, when you were like, you were like, oh, outgoing and like energetic and like cussing. And I, and I, that's, was not very much yeah. my personality. So I was like, holy. <laughs> <laughs> the turns of table. Now you're the one who said some naughty words. To <laughs> to out. Yeah. I probably yeah, care yeah. less now than I, than I used to. Cause I mean, at some point you just have to stop, you know, caring yeah. as much. But now I just go through life to the, to the story. Yeah. yeah, I'm always curious now if I swore in the videos, how that would impact them today. If people would find it now, I think the audience. It also like, depends on what swear. words you're talking, about. and it depends wow. on your sponsors. I mean, I think you just got to be careful with yes, your sponsors, and that's, and that's true too. Yeah, I, I, I mean, don't think people are so 
fucking sensitive. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> that, uh, but they really are. Yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable how many haters are out there and how sensitive. Actually, I don't even think it's real sensitivity. Mm-hmm. I just think that there are people that just love getting worked up. Like, I don't know how if they're just super bored or not happy or whatever it is. Yeah, I feel um, like that's been social media for a while now. Just people yeah. will get worked well, up. I don't Facebook, read. I, you know? I don't read comments. I don't do Twitter. I don't. I just can't. I just can't deal. I cannot deal with like all of the f-ing oversensitivity and hating out there. I, I just can't. I, so I don't deal with it. You know, no. I don't even watch. I can't even deal with news. I mean, every news channel is either so left or so right. I mean, you can't watch. In, I just. I'm so over all of it. I just. Yeah. I'm and I'm way happier. But the thing is, that gets views. So, like, I've noticed even on YouTube. It's well, that's what all that's what all drama, content's about is views. The drama, people love that. So, I posted a video on the uh, the Island Boys. I don't know if you're familiar with no. them. Okay, well, they they walked out of somebody else's podcast because they were given financial advice and they did not want to hear it. So, I did a video analyzing their finances and why they walked off of the podcast and why that was yeah. a good or bad decision. And that video on that drama got like five times the views as anything else because it Bro, was like. I yeah. mean, I'm on Selling Sunset. I mean, yeah. I, 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 yeah, exactly. It's, it, it <laughs> right, right. does well. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it does. Yeah, it does well because of the drama. I'm sure. Um, but I'm just in general. I just think you know we're we're so geared towards. I mean, everything has to be a fire or a tornado or a car accident or you know. I mean, everything is so negative because it's clickbait. I mean, mm. everything has been reduced now to what gets people's you know what what raises people's people's cortisol levels. That is literally what, you know, most things are right now, and it's just yeah. I I don't want to engage. Did in Did you that. see that movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of that when they're like, "Well, we see the uh, the metrics on yeah. this, and we got a spike right here, but then it died down. So it's it's we can't push this anymore." Yeah, but it's true. But that's that's what happens with yeah. YouTube. I mean, yeah. that's why I almost want like Every, I would almost really, like like yeah. a. Public news channel. I mean, isn't it? Isn't it like PBS or yeah, something nobody like that? It's but boring, though. I know, but that's what news should be. News should not be like clickbait, you know, and then and then super biased towards one political yeah. party. So, see, it does that doesn't bother me. What bothers me is, I guess, the cancel culture. Yeah, uh, just if if something happens, people will latch onto it and then just go yeah. crazy. And then I, everyone I think people is like, really enjoy, you know, people falling. I mean, it's just, I don't know if it's just like a human nature thing. I think it's or, a human nature thing. Yeah. I don't think there's anything new. I mean, yeah, I was yeah. so right. paranoid. It's just that. easier now yeah. to like, oh, yeah, to, yeah. to get involved in that. Right. In that and cancel. not only that, but then you get a community behind you who all believe the same thing. So you're yeah. part of this big, you know, group of people yeah. who all want to like hit on this one person and you feel better as a result. And they just, like, That's yeah, I think me. people feel better yeah. about it too. Yeah. yeah. I just, a lot of just unhappy people out there. I don't know what's going on, but listen, I mean, you know, there's, you can avoid it. Like I generally just avoid it. I mean, I, don't read news, don't watch news, don't engage in comments or read comments or really you anything. Are you curious? Because I, you do I, get I some also good just insights. generally yeah. uh, don't really care. You know, so I have like a, you know, I, I think that's, I got lucky in that respect. I'm just not particularly sensitive to what other people think. And then maybe that's a bad thing. I don't really care. See, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think yeah. I'm just kind of immune. You know, it doesn't, if like some, article comes yeah. out I, I, it just doesn't bother me i'm not very sensitive i'm happy i know yeah. who i am i know you know my relationship with my family and my friends it's really all that affects me but do you think there there could be something where you have to speak up if it if something impacts the business oh, because yeah now i'm worried sure. it's like anything you do or anybody does then is back on the oppenheim group in such a big yeah. way you don't uh, even yeah. need to do anything right i mean quite honestly right, like really, yeah. you, you just if you're 
a public figure, I mean, you know, you're you're a target. Yeah. So yeah, I have not had to, but you know, I mean, I would definitely speak up if if something if someone got wronged. You yeah. Know, if anyone on the team yeah. got wronged, does that worry you though? That that it's just like so many eyeballs on the Oppenheim Group, and just I guess people not I mean, working with you as a result, or like. I don't like yeah, spend don't my know. day worrying yeah. about this stuff. You know, I mean, I just, I, that's I just do, yeah, I just fair. act in a, you know, in a manner that, that I'm, that's fair. you know, that I should act. But yeah, I, I mean, listen, anytime you're in the public eye, as, and I think it's particularly sensitive now um, and it, with cancel culture and, you know, everything else. And there's just a lot of political correctness. I think that any little thing could get blown out of proportion. So, I mean, I've always encouraged everyone. I mean, I've told every agent, you know, on the cast, as well as off the cast mm. uh, for years now, just, you know, need to always act as though you're being videoed. Always act as though you're being recorded and videoed. And quite honestly, you know, I, I mean, I think people should, you, first of all, you are, uh, I mean, almost yeah. all of us now. But, you know, I, I, it's been nice because no one is really, an, no one's an idiot. No one does stupid stuff uh, that I'm aware of. So, you know, nothing has really uh, happened. But, I think you just have to be extra careful because nobody loves more than, than, you know, a public figure screwing up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was so paranoid when you hired me. I never expected to be on camera, first of all, yeah. ever, because Graham hired me as an assistant. <laughs> but I was so paranoid that I don't know what I, I didn't even post bad things. But I deleted my whole Facebook when I moved out to Vegas. I made a oh, new wow. one. Yeah. But just because yeah. I was paranoid, like, because that's the culture that we're in. Oh, I mean, yeah, you have to. When I, went, I was becoming a public figure, I mean, I've never, there's nothing in my past that, I'm, that would be concerning. But they definitely go through, I mean, I've never had to delete a post or anything I've ever said. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, anything that you've ever done wrong would, would come out. I mean, any acquaintance or friend would sell you out, you know, I guess not a friend. But I mean, yeah, sure. if you had ever done anything wrong, you cannot be a public figure. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable because they would look at everything. Yeah. I wonder if there's a service that you could pay that would look through anything in the past. And they'll well, be like, actually, well, I think Netflix goes through and makes oh, sure that you're yeah. – yeah, because you can imagine if they build a show and someone on that show you know, uh, has true. done something, nah. and then it comes out later, then the show has to get canceled. So, no, they do their research to make sure that, that there's no – I mean, you can never do everything, but, yeah. I mean, at this point, if anyone on our show had probably yeah. ever done anything, it would probably be out. Yeah. you got to knock on wood. Let's not, <laughs> let's not jinx anything. <laughs> You don't knock on wood? No, I don't. You don't? No, I don't believe in this. Stuff. Okay, I'll do it, though. Yeah, there oh, we go. There saved we go. It. You saved it. Cool. Uh, is there anything else? I think we're... No, I think we're good. I think, we're good. Yeah, I think cool. that was good. Uh, anything else that you want to say? No, no, I'm good. I mean, cool. it's just good to check out your house. It is, yeah. First time seeing it. Yeah. What do you think of the house? I love it, man. Yeah? yeah, it makes me want to buy something in Vegas. I think you should. Yeah, you I might. Could, I mean, I, I wish I bought like a year ago, but no, this, this I like this community. Yeah, yeah. You're still building. Why don't you just sell me this it? at the same price you you know you paid for <laughs> no, it? Plus Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> plus a Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should buy up here. I, I, I yeah. mean, I like this gated community, and yeah. I, and I this is like the right size house for me. Cool. Yeah, well, I'll think about it. All right, I'll convince you. So. All right. Thanks so much for hey, coming out. Hey, see ya. Where's the camera? See you guys. Right there. Oh, and then you got to make sure to get your free stock down below in the description when you sign up for public. Did you oh. do that yet? It's worth all the way up to $1,000. I'm not worth my time. No, you can just, just say yes. <laughs> just say yes. What a, yes. Sounds good. <laughs> okay, there go we go. Go public. You can all get one too. Thank public, you I'm available. I have not done a collab ever. So. <laughs> all right, let's go get him his free bankroll coffee. Oh, yeah, I'll give yeah. you some bankroll coffee. Okay, I'm, that's, I'm more interested in right. bankroll Yeah, available at uh, bankrollcoffee.com. All, right. <laughs> all, all right. the plugs. All the plugs. Thanks, man. That was perfect. Oh, cool, guys. Yeah. Thanks.
I'm sure I'll get in trouble with something if I say both. Uh,